Welcome to the Ditch the Suits podcast, where we get real about the stuff no one in the financial world wants you to know about. Learn how you can better manage your family's wealth while protecting it from financial exploitation and so-called financial advisors. Here's to your financial awakening. Welcome your hosts, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suits podcast. Steve Campbell with you. Uh, today, we're going to be concluding our three-part series where we've been really breaking them down this idea of elder care planning and really the concept of aging with dignity. You know, we had talked about in part one, in case you missed it, that when we hear long-term care planning, many times we think of an insurance product or something that we buy uh, to help offset the inevitable need for maybe home health care or nursing home care. But we discussed how this idea of elder care planning is so much more than that. You know, we had talked about then in episode number two, that if this isn't a part of your planning, you may not really have a plan at all because it's really important to think about how you're going to provide care for a parent, for a spouse, or even a child with special needs and how it's really important to think about yourself as a caregiver. So if you missed episode two, it was all about you as a caregiver, whether you've been in this position before, know a family member, somebody's gone through it, or know you may be inevitably thrust into this at some point in in the future, it's really important to understand the role that you play as a caregiver. Well, in this last one now, we do want to spend a little bit of time talking about long-term care insurance, uh, how it can be used, what it can be used for, but how it is still so much more than what we consider when we're talking about elder care planning. We're going to talk about what you can begin to do when you need to coordinate care, talking about creating lists of people that can help, who's willing, qualified, and able to help you, who can you count on, who's in your support network, whether these are friends, family, actual professionals. It's very important to think about these things because if you don't, it can lead to burnout for yourself and really unwanted stress, fatigue, and anxiety. Because let's be honest, caregiving is not easy, but we hope to give you some ideas for how to go about planning for the needs of maybe a loved one or even yourself down the road. So if you're new to the podcast and you haven't already, please subscribe. I'll leave a five-star rating, rate a review. Your reviews and ratings help others discover our show. And our goal is to help each person that listens to this really get the most from their money in life. So we hope that to start this new year, focusing on elder care planning and really this idea of uh, aging with dignity, that whether you're going through it now, know somebody is, or you know that you may be at this uh, point, some point in the future, that this information is inspiring to you to know that there's some things that you can really begin to plan for today. So enjoy the conclusion of this three-part series. And as always, thanks for stopping by Ditch the Suits. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suits podcast. Steve Campbell here with Travis Moss. We're going to be concluding our series on elder care planning. Um, beginning to provide care for a loved one, either for yourself or a parent, for someone with special needs. Um, we've been talking about in the first two episodes that we've been not having these first two conversations around the idea of long-term care insurance, but it does play a role in it. So we wanted to at least open this conversation and Travis, I'll turn it to you. What is the role of long-term care insurance and what are some things we want listeners to think about? Long-term care insurance is just a funding mechanism. It is yep. not the solution. What happens in the financial world is you go talk to a so-called financial advisor and you say, I'm concerned about nursing homes and take care of myself when I get older, paying for care at my house and stuff like that. And they say, well, buy some long-term care insurance. It fixes the problem. No, it didn't. It didn't fix the problem at all. Hmm. Um, there are so many, the way that those policies are designed today and anybody who has somebody who is trying to use them, there are so many wrinkles to them that challenge the way that you can use it. For instance, you can't just get an at-home care person who's going to come into the house and take care of you unless they're properly certified and they meet certain criteria. And if you happen to live in like a rural area, you may not be able to find anybody who can fill that role. You, it's their reimbursement policy. So you do have to pay up front and then you get reimbursed for it. But one of the things that we've seen with most of these policies 
rather recently is up to 250% premium increases. And a lot of times those premium increases come after you've already paid for years. So you've already invested all this money into the policy, then they jack up the premiums on you. Yep. And here's what a long-term care policy is. And for some people, it is important because for some people in certain circumstances, one of the spouses could have a, a much larger financial risk than the other one. Mm-hmm. And and not to get into that today, because it's, it's a little bit more nuanced or, or not nuanced. It's actually a pretty big conversation. But in general, all long-term care insurance is, is I am paying an insurance company a premium for access to a pile of money in the future that has rules around how I can use it. Very simple. Okay. So think about it like this. If I put $6,000 a year into my Roth IRA for 30 years and just let it grow, how much money would I have? Maybe you'd have a half a million dollars. I don't know. Or I spend $6,000 a year for a long-term care policy. And in 30 years, I have a half million dollar long-term care policy. The only difference is I can use my Roth for whatever I want. The long-term care policy has a rule book that comes with it. Pretty big rule book. Yeah. And if you die, you probably don't take any of it with you as, as far as there's, there's really nothing that's probably going to go on to the kids. There's some different types of policies and stuff like that. But in general, you have to understand that all it is is you're kind of prepaying for it. Yeah. So there are lots of ways to plan for that. But by just buying a policy, that doesn't solve any of these issues we've talked about. And it may not even pay for the care that you're hoping it pays for in the future, especially not with how that industry is changing. It has to be broader than just that. So we wanted to get into more broadly how you can address some of these issues. Mm -hmm. And I think that this maybe goes a little bit past the financial part of it, but more to... uh, you're trying to navigate this with a loved one. You need to make it not just about money, yeah. right? And you, you need to make it more about what life is going to look like in these situations. So I, I think you can start with, if you're having this conversation either with your kids or with your parents or whatever, or maybe it's too late, maybe there's already an event that's happened, you need to make a list of who is willing, qualified, and able to help. Somebody might be willing to help, but they might not be the right person to help. <laughs> right? Like you don't want a bull in a China closet, right? So so just because somebody's willing to help, okay, what are you actually qualified to help with? You might be qualified to mow the lawn. You may not be qualified to help dress mom, right? There, right. there could be very, very different things here going on. And, uh, and also able, right? They're willing to help. They're qualified to help, but their life really doesn't give them any time to help. So here you are, you're thinking this person's going to show up and help me. And they can't. They live across the country. They're not moving back. What a what a huge thing to ask for them to upend their entire life because you didn't save and plan for, for end of life care. Like that's holy cow. Right. Think put your put your shoes in the other, you know, look at where the other person might see this from. But you got this list of people. You could they can be professionals. Yep. So a lot of, well, I don't want to pay for it. Well, you might have to pay for some stuff, right? So it could be professionals. It could be family members. It could be neighbors. It could be friends. But you, you got to compile a big list. As many as many people as you think, you know, can think of. You put them on. It doesn't mean you're going to use them all. And again, you answer the question. Are they willing? Are they qualified? Are they able? Great. If the answer is no to any of those, you can't, you know. Qualified is the only one where it could be like, Okay, they're qualified for that, but not that. So maybe they can help in some ways. Willing, if they're not willing to help, you don't want them to help. 
you don't want to force somebody to providing care for somebody because that person's probably not going to provide very nice care. Yep. All right. Uh, consider how each person might be able to help the most. So examples, if there's lots of lifting involved on your list of people, who's the best person to do the lifting, right? The bull in the China closet. Maybe you can make him do all the lifting as long as it's not mom, right? Like he can carry the laundry up and down the stairs and, you know, like do all, you know, move the couch when you want to vacuum and that kind of stuff or, or something like that, you know, or if there's a lot of lifting with, with a parent or something or a loved one, do you have somebody who's physically strong enough to do it, but also gentle enough to do it has the right temperament, right? Is there a lot of bathing or dressing who might be the best person to help with these activities? That's a big one. Both for both parties, you know, if I'm worried about dignity, you know, that's a pretty private thing for most people. And and that's a hard thing for some kids to deal with, or even some parents. And then that's a big discussion right there. That's a big thing. If your loved one needs housekeeping, grocery shopping, yard maintenance, and so on, can you hire these services out? I mean, you can get groceries delivered. Do you really need to take an extra hour out of your day to go grocery shopping for somebody? Yep. I'm I told them I'd do it. They don't like groceries being delivered. Well, guess what? They can't do it anymore. <laughs> Have the groceries delivered. It saves you an hour. Now you can spend an hour with your own family, you know, your own kids, you know, before you go over to mom's house and, and try to help out mom. There's a lot of ways that you can cut down some services here. Um, you're getting older, you're exhausted, and yet you're still mowing everybody's lawn. Hire a lawn service. Well, and, and I want to park right here because I don't know that a lot of people even thought around all the things that you just said. They, they just maybe raised their hand and said, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of mom and dad or I'll have somebody do it. There's a lot of moving pieces involved. There's a lot of planning that's not just, hey, buy this policy, but who's going to do all these things? And I think what you just said is huge for people. Are there things that you might be able to outsource or have somebody else do that will allow you to still live the life that you want to live and not putting your life on hold for somebody else? So great kind of first step one, if you will, is creating a list of who's involved, what are we going to do? Um, and again, I think willing, qualified, enable, huge three keys. So keep going. Yeah. The next one is don't be a control freak. You, you know, go. you need to be careful not to assume all the responsibility and attempt to do everything or to put too much on any one person. That's great. Because you or they will get burnt out. Yep. And once they're burnt out, they're not there to help anymore. Mm -hmm. So if this is something that you're concerned, though, I have to be for a while. You know, it's easy to get in their gangbusters. And then, you know, two weeks in, you're like, I can't do this. Were you better off having that person help one day a week? for six months or five days a week for two weeks and then they're done. Yeah. Yep. So you might be able to get more people to actually help you if you choose the right things for them to do at the right cadence, right? Don't overuse people. So this is kind of like running a business. You got to figure out how do I get the right people in the right position and keep them in a place where they're energized so they can contribute. You're literally doing that normally when we're dealing with this, we're so overwhelmed by it. We're not thinking like that, but you know, you have a support network, use it, or you could have a support network if you try to build one. In most cases, outline for each member of your support network, exactly what their time commitment and responsibilities need to be to get their commitment. If somebody says, yeah, well, I'll help. Great. I'm going to pencil you in for every Thursday. No, 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 no. I can't do every Thursday. Now I don't want to help anymore. Hmm. Okay. What can you commit to? How can you help me? Please, I'm I'm so thankful for your help, but what can I count on you for? You can count on me for Tuesday afternoons. Good to know. 
The second you start to barter with them about what else they can do for you, probably going to push them away. Yeah. When you experience that, I mean, we all do in our own life. Somebody goes through something traumatic or they go, what's, I'm here to help. And that's such a vague, broad thing. And it's the appropriate thing to say. I think we all do better as, as humans when we have defined amount of times that we can wrap our minds around and attribute value to and say, great. You know, if you need help is one thing to say, hey, man, can you give me a lift to the airport this afternoon? It's easier for me to go, yeah, I can do that. That's on my way to work because I can, you know what I mean? Organize it in my own mind and where it fits in. So I love this point. If you are reaching out to a support network, kind of providing for them the broad range of all the tasks so that they can pick the ones that work within their schedule and it's no longer a burden to them. They can still accomplish wanting to help on kind of their own time, which still helps you get Mm -hmm. to where you need to go. Yeah, that may get you one day off a week. Hey, guess what? That's huge. Yeah. If you're providing care for somebody and you get a day off a week, huge. Take that. Don't don't burn it out by asking them to do two or three. And then they're like that ungrateful person. You know what I mean? Like like that's they're trying to help, but you got to be careful. Well, because think, um, of it, think of it this way: one day one day a week is fifty two days. If you've had anybody that's taken care of a parent for two years and you said, "Hey, I'll give you fifty two days off this past year." probably most people would jump out of their seat and go, I would have loved that. So sometimes when we hear things in real time, it's really hard for us to say that's a value to me. But anybody that's gone through things, when you look back in hindsight and say, had I known and multiplied that number out what that would have given me, I would have hands, hands down got that kind of help. Lots of people are willing to help a little bit. Yeah, that's huge. And lots of people helping a little bit makes a big difference. Yep. There's not going to be a lot of people willing to help a lot, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're paying them. There you go. It's hard to fill the role of caregiver while also trying to manage an extra household. And this kind of covers, we talked about it earlier, but you know, you got to relieve the burden on yourself and your support network. Hire people to help you yep. hire somebody to mow lawn. It's $30 probably every time they come out, who cares? Right? Like if you're providing care and you're taking care of everything and now you got to mow the lawn, clean the house, buy the groceries, pay the bills, which can be a lot of work for some people. Yep. Hire hire a housekeeper, hire a bookkeeper, right? Like hire people to do that stuff for you. You spend time with your loved one. Yep. You know, if sure. you're at that point, it's closer to the end anyway. Don't you yep. want to spend time with them rather than doing the busy work? If you if, if it's a situation where you could do the busy work and you need to keep yourself busy, that's one thing. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes that just requires you to be there longer mm-hmm. or more. And it's and it's really, really stressful. Hire somebody to help. Yep. Even awesome. even if you don't like spending money, people like this all the time. I just don't like spending money on stuff. So what? You need help. You know, I, I look at it like this. Let's say you hire for the last year of your life somebody to mow, mow the lawn, somebody to deliver the groceries, and somebody to clean the house. And let's say that costs 600 you know. I don't know. I'm going to make it up. Let's say it costs $1,000 a month. It's really expensive to do all those things, which is not. You can do it for cheaper than that. But let's just pretend it's $1,000 a month for the last year of your life. That's twelve grand. If you leave your kids a half a million dollars and it's, you know, let's say you have three kids and it's split between the three kids and they get a half a million dollars split between them and they're mad at you because they didn't get that extra twelve grand, you are better off not giving them that extra twelve grand. There's some things they got to work through. So spend the money and have fun. Um, All right. Having support network is wonderful, but it can quickly fall apart without consistent, positive, and constructive communication. And this is hard. You are now in a leadership or a management position, and maybe you don't have the skills for it, or maybe you're overwhelmed by everything. You're still trying to work your job. 
take care of your kids, be a loving spouse, and now you're trying to be full-time caregiver on top of it. When anybody is stressed, it is so natural to pull back and withdraw. Yep. Right? To kind of disappear from your friends, disappear from your family, because you're focusing all your energy at whatever is at hand, right? You're, you're diverting energy to other things that you normally would, and you're completely ignoring or avoiding issues. That's not really not good. As a key member of any support network, you being in charge of it, let's say, you need to avoid this. And to do that, you have to be really open and consistently communicating. So you need to discuss the issues, what's working, what's not working. Somebody's bugging you about something, be honest about it. Don't be rude, but be honest. Um, If there's challenges, be honest about it. Help other people know where you're struggling so other people can help you. They can't help you if, you know, nobody's a mind reader. If you need help or if you're struggling, it's okay to have the humility to say, this is how you can help me. Or if you're able, can you keep an eye out for this? That's called good communication. Things that are going well. Let people know this was awesome. I can't believe you did that. That made a huge difference to me. That might give them the energy to continue helping, right? Or to continue helping in a more positive way. It doesn't have to be negative. Celebrate life, right? Don't look at it as as the end. Look at it as a celebration. We're here to help now because, you know, you've gone through this. Well, to do that, you need to have a kind of like a happy environment around it. You can't have that without good communication. There might be things that need to be reconsidered. You're new to this role. Somebody, you got to be open to somebody else saying, hey, we're doing that wrong. We need to think about doing this better, right? Any good leader or any good manager who does not let other people give them ideas is not a good leader or manager, right? That's somebody in a leadership or management role who is not good at what they do. You need to let people talk to you and help you understand what you can do better or what you could empower others to do better, what you could say, you know what? That's a great idea. I'm going to let you do that. Or if they shouldn't do it, you might need to explain it to them. You shouldn't do it because that way they understand. Otherwise, they're going to be sitting there saying, I keep trying to help and they won't let me help. That's what they're thinking in the back of their head. Um, Your support network is your team. They will perform at their best if they're not confused, if they're not frustrated, and if they are encouraged to speak up. You're going to have the best positive outcomes if those three conditions are there. If they're not frustrated, if they're not confused, and if they're encouraged to speak up, that means that you have to be a good communicator. If you're not a good communicator, find somebody on your support team, make them be the communicator. That way you only got to talk to one person, but they talk to everybody else. So that could be a spouse, could be a relative, could be a friend, somebody in that support network, you have them kind of communicate with everybody, you know, if that's not your thing. Because there are people out there that just communicating is not good for them. They're just not good at it. That's fine. Acknowledge who you are. Get somebody to help. That's going to save you. It's going to save everybody. That communication is key because you and I had talked about how we were listening to a podcast or read a a meme or something about how things are hard. Life is hard. You just get to choose your hard. And I think sometimes when we're in difficult situations, we want other people to understand what we're going through and feel like no one gets it. But unless you open up to somebody that you're struggling no one's going to know to to come to your house and give you a break unless they just have this uncanny sense that, you know, it'd be nice to stop by and see you today because they all got stuff going on in their life. And so unless you're communicating this to other people that, hey, I could use a break this afternoon, don't expect somebody just to 
somehow understand that you could use a hand. And it's okay, back to that second episode where we talked about, it's okay to raise your hand and ask for help. But like you said, you just brought it home a little bit. I think more people are willing to do little things more often than huge, huge, big things and time commitments, because you have to remember, they also have responsibilities and requirements in their life. And it's not fair to, to take a burden on with them. So I love that point that communication is key. And why don't we bring this last one home? So often overlooked because people don't understand what these documents are. But you, in order to take care of a loved one, you're going to need some authorities, meaning you're going to need documents that say that your loved one has empowered you there to you do certain things. Yep. And we overlook them a lot of things because we don't either we don't understand them or yeah we got them they're all in the safe someplace and it's not what we thought. So it's normally overlooked. It's normally too late by the time you you figure it out. But you got to have up to date power of attorneys, healthcare proxies, living wills. Special authorization with Medicare, that's kind of like a medical power attorney that allows you to talk to Medicare on behalf of, of your loved one. Like there's certain documents you have to have. And a lot of people don't, I don't want to go to the attorney because I don't want to pay attorney fees and all that. If you have a good financial planner, your good financial planner is going to help you keep the attorney honest. Yep. Right. And you can go to the attorney and say, these are the documents I want. This is how I want the documents to be constructed from a standpoint of these are the powers I'm trying to to give to certain people and here's the certain people and you can have it all designed out for you before you even get there. But you need to have those things well thought out. Not just, I went online and got a template because I didn't want to pay for it. And I put some names into it. There are things that you don't know (laughs) about some of this stuff until you go through it and have made mistakes. And when you make some of those mistakes, they can be devastatingly stressful and frustrating and sometimes irrecoverable. So rather than making those mistakes, this is one place in life where the whole message here, there's no shortcut. Do not cut corners just to save money here. This is your dignity. This is the dignity of your children. You know, this is this is the last memories that people are going to have of you. You know what I mean? Like do it right. You have no reason not to do it. And it doesn't matter how much money you have. You have no reason not to do this right. Other than the fact that you didn't want to deal with the fact that this happens to everybody. I think that's the key point. This does happen to everybody, whether it's now or it's going to come inevitably down the road. And if I could surmise kind of this whole three-part series here, I think what would give us a lot of joy is if somebody listened to this three-part series, whether they had a plan, no plan, or it needed to be modified, And they knew that given a situation providing care for a parent, child with special needs, or even themselves, that they had had clear channels of communication. They understand the desires of the person who needs help. They understand the role that they can play, that there's grace for them, whether they're the one that's actually going to be doing everything or just coordinating care. They're starting to maybe set monies aside, not necessarily for a long-term care policy. That may be something that's important, but it's kind of, you know, very involved, like you said, but maybe they're setting money aside because if you're thinking about just things today and you know hire those things out, if you don't have that money set aside to do that, you don't want to be in a position where you're trying to figure out where that money's coming from to pay for those things. So if you can begin to have the conversations today about what's in the person's wishes, what role you can play, you're setting money aside, you're talking about these things now. And one thing that you used to bring up in the presentations all the time, This is a series of conversations that you need to have over a series of life because this is somebody you care about. This isn't, hey, at the next holiday meal, let's have an intervention unexpectedly with a family member that didn't know a conversation was about to happen. 
But you know what I mean? You don't want to catch somebody off guard where if that relationship isn't there, you're trying to force something that doesn't exist. So having conversations, I think, is easier. And this needs to be a huge part of your financial planning. And if you're not getting it, you need to start asking questions. Because again, our job on this show is to help you get the most from not only your money, yes, investing, financial planning, all the ins and outs, but your life too as well. The people that are in your life the things that are beyond money that are still going to be here if everything should fall apart. How can you begin to put those pieces in place as well? So to know across your totality of your life, you're living the life you want to live. You're getting the most from it. You're supporting and loving the people around you. And this elder care aging with dignity conversation has to be had. You can't ignore it. And again, if you're not in this position, use it for the future. If you know a family member, a friend going through this, send them this three-part series. I'm sure it'll bless and help them. But again, Travis, I appreciate you for your heart behind this because I know you've worked with a lot of people over the years that are really trying to make sense of something that's very, very difficult, which is, I don't know how to take care of my parent. I don't know how to take care of my spouse. I have the image of them when we first got married or over the years of growing up as a kid, and now they've changed, and I don't know if I can handle it. And there's a lot of people that... It's not a one-size-fits-all, but I think what you've done really, really well over this three-part series is help people understand it's okay. It's okay to raise your hand. It's okay to ask for help, and it's okay to acknowledge that maybe you haven't done the things that you could be doing. So again, as always, we appreciate you stopping by Ditch the Suits. We hope that for kicking off this new year, year three for us here at DTS, uh, that this this can get you jump started uh, for something positive for this year ahead. So as always, thanks for being our guest. And uh, until next time, thanks for stopping by Ditch the Suits. Well, hey, thanks for listening to this entire episode. We really, really appreciate it. If you haven't already, I would highly encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a new episode. Travis and I would also love for you to leave a five-star rating and have you write a review because you got to remember your reviews and ratings help trick the algorithm and put our show on the map and climb the charts. We want to help inspire you to get the most from your money in life. And we know there's other listeners out there that feel the same. So as always, thanks for being our guest. Thanks for stopping by. And we hope you enjoy Ditch the Suits. Thanks for listening. Ready to ditch the suits? Remember, it's your money and your life. For more information, visit seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. If this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. And be sure to share with a friend.